Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill. Matt Butler's on the board. Bringing the music to the show. Been talking about uh, good good news stories, bad news stories. So here's a story, Matt, we can interpret either way. If I say that a school district wants to make the school bus ride a more pleasant place and wants to have an extra set of eyeballs on school buses for middle schoolers to maybe spot problems early, do you think it's a good news story or a bad news story? I think it's sad that we need it, but it's a good good step. At least somebody's there trying to do something. Uh, Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's the whole point of my, my bringing this particular story up at this particular moment. Because you can decide to look at things one, you know, either way. Glass half empty, glass half full. And you've always you've all heard the statement, you know, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And the decision to be positive, the decision to, you know, I can do this, the determination, I made a decision to make this happen so it happened. Or the sense of I can't I'll never be able to do that. I can't manage that. It's never going to happen. It's self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's the same way with optimism and pessimism, I think, anyway. I don't know. I'm no expert. I've slept through enough sociology and psychology classes in college. Still a little bit, though. I've slept through plenty. So the Frederick County School Public Schools, this is Frederick County, Maryland. And Frederick County is a, a suburb of Maryland, suburb of D.C., between D.C. and Baltimore. Frederick County Public Schools is seeking kindness coaches to ride buses with middle schoolers. They're using a state grant to train bus drivers on bullying prevention, and they're hiring kindness coaches who will accompany middle schoolers on their afternoon bus routes. The coaches who are set to begin work uh, later this month will ride the afternoon routes of select middle schools every day for nine weeks as part of a pilot program. The district's coordinator of mental health services, Lynn Davis, says so. Uh, the district's got a coordinator of mental health services. That's a good sign right there. The job will be to serve as a role model to the students. Not not you know, not just an extra pair of eyes, but a role model. Connect with them, keep an eye out for bullying or harassment. Coaches get paid seventeen twenty five per hour. The program and they list the schools that it will take, you know, take part in. The schools were chosen between their bus routes. Uh, return to the school building after completing their their route. Their route. That's how the schools were chosen. Their bus routes do their afternoon deliveries, and then they come back to school. So they have to worry about it was a practical money issue that they chose these particular bus routes. District officials targeted middle schoolers intentionally because that's the age. In elementary school, everyone's focused on togetherness. And in high school, everyone's pretty independent, Davis said. So middle schoolers is really in between those two worlds where kids are figuring out what kind of kid they are, who, what kind of person they're going to be. A lot of that happens in middle school. It is the toughest transition, right? Elementary school is your first, you know, far into the world outside your family. And, you know, you rise through the ranks of elementary school by the time you get in the fifth or sixth grade, depending on how your school system is laid out. By the time you get out of elementary school, you're the big, big fish, it's your world, right? And then you go off to middle school where you're the bottom of the ladder again. And people come from 
different environments, with different backgrounds. So middle school is where they chose to have these kindness coaches on these buses. Uh, Not just an extra pair of eyeballs to see problems and maybe identify problems early. The story says that uh, school bus drivers are the first people that see a kid in the morning, the last ones that see a kid in the afternoon. They see things in the student body that teachers or counselors or administrators in schools don't get to see. First off, kids on a bus have this sense of we're not in school yet. We can still be ourselves. The discipline of a school environment doesn't apply to a bus. So kids are more likely to act up or just be themselves, you know, be who they really are. So I I think this is you're right that it, it shows that there's a problem and we have to do something about it. I can see where it can be taken that way. But the fact that they are taking this pilot program, these federal funds, and trying to give it give it an extra, maybe a, catch something early if there's a problem with a kid. You know, if a kid gets on the bus in the morning and he's obviously troubled with something, and you, they would know. And then the, the kindness coaches will be in direct contact with school supervisors, with school administrators, and school mental health counselors in the Frederick, Maryland public school system. The grant also covers refresher training because they have trained the bus drivers on how to spot bullying and what to do about it when you do. But, you know, if your bus driver is taking his eyes off the road to try to keep an eye out for bullying, that's dangerous too. Your bus driver needs to be watching the road, man. They can't be monitoring the activities of the school, and often they're asked to do that, to monitor the school, monitor the kids on the bus. We rode public, I rode a public transportation city bus to school when I was going to high school. You know, we didn't have busing in Baltimore City per se. We didn't have school buses. When I was little, they had buses that would pick the little ones up and take them to school, yeah. But by the time I got into middle school or junior high back then, it was called junior high, and high school, rode public transportation. And it was an absolute zoo. I mean, an absolute zoo on the school bus. And, and these weren't school employees. These were city of Baltimore employees that ran the public buses like we see on our streets of Seattle. These were just city municipal bus drivers. And every morning, literally thousands of kids in Baltimore public schools would cram onto various bus routes and ride to school. In our little cliques, you know, and do we have bullying? Of course we had bullying. But bullying back then, I don't know. There's a, There was a different feel to it. Most of the bullies back then also didn't have AR-15. Amen. Amen. And, boy, I guess, you know, it's that, that's, that's, yeah, true. And they hadn't been trained on Call of Duty. <laughs> and Grand true. Theft that's, Auto. That's true, too. We were playing Pong, <laughs> you know. So, so what did the bullies use? Paddles? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you know what? I can, t- I can honestly tell you that at one point in time, I had my ankles, uh, you, people used uh, upperclassmen when I was a freshman, grabbed belts and literally secured my ankles to the handrails 
that are above the aisleway on a public bus. You can all imagine, you know, as you're sitting on a bus or you're standing on a bus, you hold the handrail above your head. I had my ankles literally strapped to the handrail so I could hang upside down on a moving bus, and I was required to sing the school song before I was let down. That's the kind of bullying we had. That good old Marty McFly type of bullying, you know? That old school, almost comedic type bullying. We didn't have, you know, I mean, it's just, you know what? Kids are crueler than they used to be. To your point about how we're going off the deep end and we're not going to make it as a society, another card in your hand, another stroke in your favor, I think kids are crueler than they used to be. And how did they learn to be cruel? By what they watch in, in their home life, on their televisions, in their video games, from their peer groups. Yeah, that's it. You, you learn what you live. You learn what you see. Right? You learn by observing. That's how you learn everything in life is by observing. Right? And if you observe cruelty, but and online, it's so much easier to be cruel, to be a bully, to be judgmental. It's so much easier online than it is in person. Nobody ever got punched in the nose online. You can say whatever you want. They call that keyboard strong, right? And your story, I want to read that one about the Utah Republicans who want to make it illegal for children to be on social media without parental consent up to the age of 18. Is that the cutoff for the story in Utah? This is also the same law that wants to allow parents complete access to their kids' social media accounts. Well, I think that's a given. I think any minor with a social media account, any parent who has a minor with a social media account, it behooves you to know what your kid's doing online. We've brought this up before. My sister was having trouble with her youngest. And uh, there was bullying online. There was, you know, it, my, my niece was being bullied and conversely started bullying others. That's kind of what you do. Bullies are made by being bullied. They turn into bullies. So my sister said, if you want to have a social media account, I'm going to see everything you do, everywhere you go. And that's that's the agreement that was made. And that's what you have to have if you're going to let your kid be out there. You have to have access to what your kids are doing. In Utah, Matt, I think you're right. I'm for this law as well. It's it's been it's brought on by cyberbullying. That was the onus behind this proposed law in Utah. Utah Rep. Chris Stewart is proposing this. A study showed a Pew Research study. One of the better one of the better research groups is Pew Research. Nearly half of all U.S. teens have been cyberbullied. Nearly half of every kid in America has been cyberbullied at one point or another. It leads to increased anxiety and depression in kids who consider suicide. Yeah, but we, we've had this topic come up before, though. There are benefits to social media, too. It's not all just a snake pit. There are actual benefits to social media. When you've got problems and you've got a network to share it on social media, knowing that you're not the only kid feeling like this can be a plus. 
I would encourage people to look up a New York Times story about a Florida girl who I think I think Instagram was her platform mm-hmm. and what happened to her and her family. And that might bring some of this into focus. To make a quick summary, please. Basically, this girl was apparently a very sweet child doing perfectly innocent things on Instagram, whatever. Mm-hmm. So she uh, somehow acquired a stalker. Okay. On social media. On social media. Yeah. Now, that stalker re- connected with a friend of hers, and I say friend loosely, it was a school classmate mm-hmm. who actually. St- conveyed information about her to her stalker. The stalker went down to Florida, showed up at the house of this child. Fortunately, her father was retired law enforcement, and as they say in certain parlances, put a cap in his ass. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Came to her house. Yeah. Oh, let's take this further. She kept going to school, of course, and this kid who was also stalking her and giving out this information to this predator, was posing on social media with firearms and being creepy. Yeah. So the cycle continued, but this young lady's parents continued to allow her to be a social media star because they didn't want to take it away from their daughter after someone showed up in a desire to kidnap a young girl. Damn. So at that point, you know, if you're a parent and you see your kid literally hurt their safety being threatened and you don't have the stones to protect your kid, you don't want to hurt your kid's feelings. After after you had to shoot her stalker. Wow. There's enough blame in that story for everybody to get in trouble. Oh, and the school didn't do anything about this other kid, which is why she's now homeschooled. Hmm. The other oh, kid that was feeding the information to the stalker was a female. Is that what I'm? Is that what I surmised from your surmised? No, no. What oh. I meant was the victim of the stalking oh, had to be homeschooled oh. because Couldn't her go back school, to school wouldn't yeah. crack down on this psycho on social media that was making her feel threatened, displaying firearms. So this 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 proposed law in Utah, okay. It says, technically, it's already illegal for children under 13 to use social media. This is Representative Stewart, a Republican from the state of Utah. Says, technically, it's already illegal for 13-year-olds, people under 13, to be on social media. But there's no consequences for them doing that. Nor is there any legal recourse for parents if their kids break the law and get a social media account, especially if they harm themselves or incur mental health costs due to the use of social media. The key set is forcing social media platforms to enact age verification measures, making the networks themselves accountable because they are exploiting children for profit. They're using algorithms that get kids addicted to social media platforms, leading to eating disorders, self-harm, bullying, anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, all those things. And the social media platforms don't care. Because they're in it for the money. The fact that there are no consequences of these social media platforms and no requirements on them to verify age of their users and no consequence if they don't, that's part of this law as well. I like this part of the law better than anything else, holding the social media agencies accountable. 
I liked that uh, that one of the representatives or lobbyists for one of, for the social media companies said, "Well, this is this is hard on our business." And and some a representative shot back at her and said, "Basically, your business is killing people." Yeah, it should be. Yeah. We've been far too easy on your business. Is the whole problem why we are where we are? Why we've got a generation of kids who are in much worse shape. And again, this is we talked about earlier about a a tool being abused. And your point about more accountability, whether it be in the entertainment industry, on television, music, firearms, more accountability. So it won't just rush to make the most amount of money with disregard for who is harmed by that profit-seeking. Who knew Republicans from Utah would be the voice of common sense and reason in this situation? And on this, just you can call me a conservative. I'm, I'm officially in on this yeah, one. Yeah, I'm with you. Again, as a, as a father of daughters, man, somebody showed up at my house, I'd be the same boat that God, that dad was. Oof. It's Kyra Knights, Spike O'Neill, and Matt Butler. We'll be right back. When you cast your eyes upon the skylines of this once proud nation. You know, I should really warn Lisa to not touch the coffee cups in here when she comes in from the other room. That's <laughs> oof. just a bit much. Just yeah, sorry, but that's that was my bad. I, I, I always people you know always hear about a spike in COVID incidents, a spike in crime. There's a spike in coffee in this room. Trust me when I tell you. Yeah, it helps you get through. Matt, my friend. You know, the world has changed, folks. It's a tougher place to be a kid these days. Really is. While the world is at their fingertips, and we've made it easier to do all the things we ask a kid to do, those tools that we've given children, the Internet, computers, a smartphone. They also come with, with, uh, with danger. You know, everybody in the world can have access to your kid. Matt talked about a story from uh, New York and Florida. Uh, I'm not sure which, where the, the story originated. The uh, actual events took place in, in Florida, but it yeah. was a New York Times story. Okay, thank you, my friend. Um, you speak when you met your kid met a friend, you met a friend, and you could see that friend. That friend could come over the house. You'd know pretty quickly if that friend that your kid just met was a 37-year-old from out of town. Nowadays, with a keyboard, what do they call that phishing? Fake personas online? Catfishing. Catfishing, yeah. Actually, phishing is an email thing. I keep failing that test and having to take this... Company training Right, that's repeatedly. the thing you get the uh, company emails yeah. taking uh. the security test so that you don't get fished. Yeah, constantly. I think um. the the band fish, you talk about being offended <laughs> with Spike, I think the band fish should be really offended by fishing. Yeah, as a derogatory. The same way, yeah. being used as a euphemism for some cyber crime. Totally. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't, oh, here it comes. When I was a kid, we would leave the house at sunrise and come home at dark. We would. I mean, we literally, we were, uh, a texter pointed out free-range children. 
We lived in a world where that was okay. We lived in a world where there was danger, but it wasn't everywhere. You know, we would leave the house literally at sunrise in summer months, summer vacation. We would leave the house on our bikes and be gone for the day. Not every day. We'd come home some days. We'd, some days all the kids would hang at my house in our neighborhood. We had one of the few above ground pools in our neighborhood in Baltimore. Hot days, everybody was at our house. Thing was, every parent in the neighborhood knew that the O'Neills had a pool. So if you couldn't find your kid during the day on a hot day, they were probably at the O'Neill's house. Mrs. O'Neill was going to make sure everybody got lunch, you know, and everybody was going to be fine. And they all knew, all my friends knew, I knew when I was at somebody else's house, you know, even if you don't give your mom a call during the day on the, the house line of wherever you were, you came home when you were supposed to get home. I just saw the movie The Lovely Bones recently. You ever seen that one? And I know the movie's like 10 years old. I'm, I was slow to this one. Because it's about a kid being abducted and killed. I was raising daughters. Why the hell would I want to watch a movie about a, a, a teenage girl being abducted? That's what the movie's about. And it takes place in the 70s. So it's not like there weren't troubled people back then. There were. But nowadays, that troubled person can pretend to be a 15-year-old kid talking to your daughter and luring them. I would love seeing the videos. Occasionally, you'll see videos on social media of some of these people catfishing youth, getting caught, getting busted, you know, where they want to meet a kid at a, at a Starbucks or, or a Walmart. I don't want to impugn Starbucks. Meet a kid at the mall. Kids even meet at malls anymore. But, you know, this, this catfishing adult pervert wants to meet a kid. I, lo- and you see, I see these videos all the time anymore, and that's a good sign, where the parent shows up. Hipster kids still go to malls to make chill wave videos. <sighs> chill wave videos? Yeah, there's actually subgenres of chill wave that involve, like, it's like taking old music off cassette tapes, remixing it, slowing it down, and putting it to footage of, like, abandoned malls. It's really kind of trippy and cool, but they say the reason and the draw for it is a combination of like modernist nostalgia for a bygone era, and it's filtered and produced in ways that sound really wistful and almost in the background, like you would hear elevator music in the mall. Cool. It's very cool. And this is a a pretty recent phenomenon? Yeah, this is kind of a thing that's uh, popular on SoundCloud and YouTube mostly. God, you're young. <laughs> what is this sound cloud you speak of, young whippersnapper? Um, do you think that Stranger Things has made malls, given malls a nostalgic feel? Probably for Gen the Zers? sense of nostalgia of that era in general that permeates yeah. a lot of shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, because when the writers of, when the creators nowadays that are in the driver's seat making content, that's when they were kids. Right, the brothers, the two brothers who made Stranger Things, they were kids in that era. They're just telling the stories that they wanted to tell in their lives. And that was, who was it, Spielberg that made 8mm? And then this new, uh, I forget what the name of the new movie is, his movie this year about his youth. But that's that was the era they grew up in. You know, Spielberg's 8mm, I think, was, was a 60s, uh, was set in that era when he was a kid as a filmmaker. 
Anyway, I was talking about how kids have it harder these days. Despite every effort to make life better for a kid, dangers are more dangerous. You know, I tell my daughters, I've told my daughters their entire lives. You know, when I would get in trouble, I'd get in trouble at home. My reputation would be in trouble if it spread, you know, people whispered and gossiped about something stupid I had done. Nowadays, your reputation can get burned globally. And you get in trouble globally. And everything you put on, I told my daughters, everything you put on the web, there is no such thing as privacy. There's no such thing as sending some boy a picture. Every picture you send a boy is being sent to everybody that boy knows. And the, the entire globe. I told my daughters a long time ago, if you think you maybe th- think about what you're sending. If you wouldn't want it on a billboard across the street from your mom's house, don't send it because that's it's got the same likelihood of appearing on a billboard across the street from our house as the phone you're, as the kid you're sending it to, keeping it private and secret and safe. That ain't going to happen. It's not doesn't take place on the internet. Internet's for everybody. Everything on the internet can be found by anybody, and is there forever. Every decision you make on the internet, say, I've done so many stupid things in my life. I am so blessed we didn't have recorders and a place to store it and share it forever. You cannot believe the idiotic things I did in my life. If I had been able to record my youth, I couldn't get a job in this world. No way. Let alone pursue elected office. (laughs) Although I will say this about that. The bar has gotten a lot lower. I was going to say. The bar has gotten a lot lower. Used to be you were an adulterer, liar. No way you get elected. Nowadays, straight arrows, Puritans. Mike Pence, who honors his wife, right? I mean, won't even have lunch with another woman without his wife present. Right. We make fun of that. I make fun of that. I'm not being on some high moral ground here. Because it's the oddity now. That's the outlier. Somebody with serious moral backbone. But you look at the world today and you start to wonder if maybe those people, even if we made fun of them at the time, got some stuff right. Totally got it right. You've been saying all night, man, we celebrate our very worst inclinations. We celebrate it. We, We film it and put it on the web. And it gets a billion hits for licking sushi and putting it back on the conveyor belt. You know, for beating up another dad at a middle school basketball game. That's that's, and we misuse band names for <laughs> terrible purposes. Amen. Let's hear it for fish, as it was meant to be. I moved to where they'd hoped I'd be. It's Cairo Knights from Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. We'll be right back. Read back some of your texts from this evening's conversations. Don't go anywhere. Rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told and some choose to be. 
Welcome back to Cairo Nights. This is a suggestion from a texter. It's hard to be a it's hard to be pessimistic in a world with Muppets. It really is. Did you see that movie Melissa McCarthy made with Muppets? That one I missed. God, me too. <laughs> Gotta go ahead. It was like a murder mystery and it had really crass sexual humor with Muppets. Why do you gotta do that to Muppets? Some things should be sacred. <laughs> Seriously. <sighs> In reality, from the 360, kids have it easier today. I'm not saying kids don't have it. Kids have it much easier today. I agree with that. But it's also a much more dangerous world for them to live in. I think we can all agree on that. Vice President Mike Pence might be the missing link from Trumpism to moderate Republicanism. He is in a position to do great things for the Republican Party and for America. Will he do it? Probably not. Hmm. That's from 206. And with regard to Mike Pence, I think growing a spine at two minutes to midnight of the Trump administration and finally doing the right thing for the first time in four plus years doesn't let Mike Pence off the hook. A lot went wrong in that administration. And Mike Pence was right there every Sunday talking about how great things were and how nothing was ever going wrong. So, again, growing a spine, too little, too late. Although he did save the republic, so, you know, there you go. What are you going to do? <sighs> Spike, are you upset that Dr. Phil is going to stop doing TV shows? Hmm. Where are we going to turn for guidance? I don't know. I am upset that Dr. Phil is going to call it a day, but he's earned it. He's done a great job. He's done a career. Quite a career. And he stuck true to who he was as an individual, right? I don't think Dr. Phil has sold out. Guys like that, your uh, Maury Poviches, your Sally Jesse Rat from Hell, whatever her name was, um, they all sold out. They, all, they you know, It wasn't enough to do a show about you know, relationships or giving professional guidance. It had to get weird and ugly. Dr. Well, look Phil, at you, Jerry Springer. Uh, oh, perfect, perfect. The perfect example. Unless somebody was throwing a chair and figure out who the baby's daddy was, it wasn't good TV. Again, to our point about how, what it takes to entertain us these days. Here we are now, entertain us. Kurt Cobain had it right. Oof. Uh, 253, excuse me, the 206. There are enough bad things on Netflix to justify canceling subscriptions. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. We just have too many choices. And with that many channels to fill, they can't all be, you know, American Beauty. They can't all be It's a Wonderful Life. Sometimes it's going to be Squid Game. And worse, a lot worse than Squid Game. Like the live action Squid Game they're doing now where people are actually getting hurt. And we talk about, uh, Matt was bringing up how kids these days are just fed entertainment content that dehumanizes people. It really does. And someone said, you mean like football or boxing? A texter suggested. Well, I don't know that. I don't know that I would say that boxing teaches the same level of dehumanization as Grand Theft Auto or any other tour duty blaster game. You know, I don't know. It's an equal comparison. I think I think if more young people were boxing, they'd be a healthier and b there'd probably be less conflict. Yeah, true that. It's a great sport. 
Mm. Uh, we started the show talking about Tom Brady stepping down. We didn't start the show, but we mentioned Tom Brady's retirement. And looking for good news stories today to push back on the, the sense of gloom and doom that was permeating the news of late. Tom Brady was a badass. A younger Tom Brady was an absolute badass. That's from Zach in Federway. I couldn't agree more. And he's definitely passed his prime. Yeah, he has. Another texture says Brett Favre also didn't know when to call it quits. And maybe Russell Wilson doesn't either. Wow, that was fast. Who's, who knows how it's going to play out in Denver? They got a great new coach in Denver, by the way. I think, um, yeah, former coach of New Orleans, Sean Payton, now the coach of Denver Broncos. That's going to help. Giselle was in Zootopia, too, someone pointed out. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Tony Romo never married Jessica Simpson. Were they just dating? Okay, my apologies. So he got the cow, got the milk without buying the cow. Okay, great. I don't mean that in any derogatory sense. That's just an old, you know, old saying my grandma had on a pillow somewhere. <laughs> Rich says Tom Brady is beautiful. That's all he needs. Yeah, he's got himself. Who needs tomorrow? <laughs> Uh, Spike is naive, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> beautiful, evening. beautiful evening to you both, Spike and Matt. Thank you very much, Heidi. That was really kind of you. Mention Bill Murray because it's Groundhog Day. Started the show with my professed love of Groundhog Day and all things Groundhog Day, the movie. Not, the, not February 2nd. Couldn't give a rat's patootie about February 2nd. Another texture says, we need more segments on movie talk. I agree. Movies, movie segments always go well. We'll plan more of those. Thanks so much for that input. Uh, always a pleasure, Matt. Great job. Appreciate your uh, your cynicism and your pessimism tonight, Matt Butler. Always a pleasure. Yeah, man, it really... No, seriously, drives the conversation. It's good. We have genuine discussions about things. See things from opposing points of view. It's just a good thing to have. See you guys tomorrow. Oh, by the way, I'm coming in early tomorrow. I'll be on at 12 o'clock and I'll stay in the chair till they drag me from it. How about that? Nice tease. See you tomorrow.